faith series. As we know, the purpose of faith series is to walk in great faith as, as the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is pleased with great faith. And so also is our Heavenly Father. He is also pleased with great faith. Because in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so we have a guest uh, with us again. I, this is, I think, his third visit to us. And we really thank God for uh, Brother Clint uh, from USA. Uh, his church is Transfigured Church. Uh, just as uh, Lord Jesus transforms uh, water into wine, so also I believe that name comes after uh, a change in our lives from what we were when we, before we met Christ and what we are after meeting Christ. I, I believe that is what uh, restoration back to the original, how God wants uh, us to walk just as Lord Jesus Christ walked in the fullness of his spirit. And, yeah. uh, over to you, uh, Brother Clint. Thank you for joining us again. And we welcome you and your family also because we are one in, in, the, in the Messiah, in, the, in, the, in Messiah's body. We are all one in, in him. Hallelujah. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Fidel, for inviting me back. I always look forward to these times. Um, I always look forward to speaking to people who live on another continent and in, in another country. Uh, because when I speak, I'm reaching over through the internet here with my spirit, and I'm messing with stuff in India. <laughs> The kingdom, the kingdom is uh, coming in India when I speak, even though I'm sitting here in America. So I, I really appreciate the invite, and I appreciate the the spirit that you have, um, the spirit of unity and the spirit of faith, and the hunger and the desire. Uh, I think that's awesome, and I'm really blessed by it. So many, many blessings to you and to all who listen to this. Um, I think. Uh, after we get done, Fidel, I would like to pray for Custodio again, or maybe anybody else who needs it as well. Uh, but I'll leave that up to you, but I would like to do that. So I'll leave time for that at the end here. All right. So we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Um, we have been talking about, um, things concerning the kingdom, um, and things concerning, uh, the purpose of, of Jesus Christ and the kingdom. Um, and especially here in America, and probably where you guys are too, I mean, this is, we're teaching today, but teaching is a very popular thing. Teaching is very scriptural. Uh, teaching is necessary. Uh, teaching is necessary concerning doctrine, especially, because uh, Paul told Timothy to pay attention to your doctrine, because by it you and your whole house will be saved. Um, I think we could also say, pay attention to your doctrine, because by it, uh, you and your whole house will be damned. <laughs> if, you don't if you don't know the truth, you're not going to be set free. If you don't know the truth, you're going to be led along in chains. And this is the strategic warfare that the enemy is waging against the sons of God in the earth and the kingdom of God. It is a, it is a warfare of truth. And what the enemy's tactics are is to, if you have not discovered the truth, to twist the truth so that you uh, would not see it. 
so that you your eyes would not be enlightened, so that you would not come into its understanding. If you are in the truth, his job is to stop you, which includes have, uh, helping you to give up and quit, um, also to kill you. <laughs> so his job is to stop you however he can, and his job is to prevent others from coming into the the uh, the correct doctrine or the the enlightenment of the truth of the Word of God. Not everything that you hear from someone who calls himself a leader or a pastor or an elder or a teacher, uh, not everything they say is going to be the truth. Some people don't tell the truth at all. That's why you have the Holy Spirit, because it's His job to lead you into all truth, and you need to be able to discern, to discern uh, when someone is speaking, whether they are speaking by the Spirit. You can tell if they are speaking by the Spirit. I don't care how famous they are, how much money they have, uh, how popular they are, how big a church they have. Your Spirit will tell you if this person is speaking by God's Spirit. And you must always follow that. You must always follow that. We've, we have the Spirit of God in us so that we can operate just like Jesus operated, with full discernment, with full understanding, with full wisdom. The Bible says that He has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. All right? We can ask for wisdom. That's certainly scriptural. James writes about that. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask, not doubting. But we can also, as sons, in which we've been talking about some, uh, grow into maturity where we operate in wisdom. It becomes a natural thing for a mature son of God to operate in wisdom, not just man's wisdom, wisdom from heaven. This, be, this should become a natural thing where we not, we're not praying, oh God, every day, give us wisdom, give us understanding. Wisdom and understanding should flow from within us. We have been given the mind of Christ. We'll be talking about that a little bit today. But uh, we, we need to be able to operate by wisdom, from understanding, through revelation. Uh, these things are all really important. So I encourage you today as you listen to me, um, discern by the Spirit whether what I'm saying is the truth. Um, and I pray everything I say today is the truth. I certainly believe it is. Uh, I follow it, and it's getting results, and it's the Word of God, which I'll back it up with Scripture. But every time you listen to someone, make sure that you listen with the Spirit to discern if they are speaking the truth, all right? So, first of all, I want to say, um, since we're teaching today, and teaching is very popular, like I mentioned, but I want to say that I didn't get where I'm at through teaching. I'll let that soak in a second. I did not get where I am at in this life uh, as a disciple, as a son of God, as a leader, as someone who is advancing the kingdom forcefully in my city. I did not get where I am at by teaching. Teaching did not get me here, okay? I got to where I am because my desire to walk in truth far eclipsed all other things. I've been in church. I got... Uh, I haven't told you guys this, I don't think, but I got saved out of a rock band. I played lead guitar in a rock band and toured in a rock band, and that was my full-time job. That's how I made my money. That's when I was 19, 20, 21, 22. 
And uh, I got radically born again out of that rock band. And I was ready to kill myself. I was ready to get rid of the the pain. Of the, I was ready to get rid of the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the torment of demons, uh, all that mess. I was ready to get rid of it. And I, the only way out that I could figure was just to end it. But I got born again on accident. I said, well, I grew up in church, you know, which didn't do anything for me. I said, well, I guess I can pray. And I said, God, if you're there and you're real and you can hear me, <clears throat> here's your shot. I'll go anywhere you want me to go and say anything you want me to say if you can get me out of this mess. And his response to me was to shoot me with lightning. It was like lightning struck me. And in one moment, I became a brand new person. I didn't realize it, but what had happened to me is what the Bible calls being born again. I was filled with his spirit. I was made a brand new creature, a brand new creation. And from that moment on, I have done my best to keep my end of the bargain where I would go anywhere he wanted me to go and say anything he wanted me to say. But I did not get to where I am today because of teaching. All right. I'll, I'll repeat this statement I just made. I got to where I am because my desire, because of my desire, because of my desire to walk in truth far eclipsed all other things. My desire, there's that word again, was so great that it gave way to a focus and a discipline that enabled me to break away from the gravity of myself and the fear of man. Now, there's two real reasons why uh, India is not born again yet. <laughs> India is not disciples because, number one, you're afraid, and number two, you're in the way. All of which Jesus took care of. The same was true of me. I was afraid, and I was in the way. <clears throat> but I began to get a desire to do more than just attend a church service. I began to get a desire <clears throat> to do more than <clears throat> just have more teaching. You know, 30 years of teaching. Uh, that's the American church for you. Teaching, 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 forever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Never able to do anything. I would say if after some teaching, you're not able to do something, it's because... Uh, teaching wasn't the problem. Learning wasn't the problem. The problem is doing. And my desire to do began to outweigh every other thing in my life, every other fear in my life. And it enabled me to break away from myself. It enabled me to break away from tradition. It enabled me to break away from the fear of man. I, I uh, lost... Many of my friends, when I began to pursue the kingdom, I've lost many ministry friends, pastors, and other people who um, who are mostly stuck in tradition and just the church religious system. But what happened is, when I broke away from myself and the fear of man, I encountered God. There's a thought. This whole Bible right here is stories about people who encountered Him. Alright? I encountered God and I encountered truth. 
Man, I got revelation. Where did my revelation came from? It didn't come from someone else's teaching. It came from the spirit of revelation himself. The spirit of the living God. <laughs> All right. After this happened, after I gained revelation, after I broke the tie of fear and the tie to myself, I was lifted into spirit living that enabled me to make war against the devil and make disciples who walk like Jesus. And let me just say this. I don't know where you guys are at. I don't know most of you on here. But if you have no desire to destroy the works of the devil, if you are not affected in the least by the destruction of the kingdom of darkness in this earth, if you are not offended in any way by the trespass of Satan and his entourage against humanity and against our planet, then you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make the step between a religious person and a full son. Full sonship means that we have the same mind as Jesus Christ. And Paul talks about this. We'll jump into it uh, a little bit in some scriptures. But we must identify with Jesus Christ. It says, the word of God declares that for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And if you don't care about destroying the works of the devil, I would question your purpose as a Christian. Christians have lots of purposes these days. Have a better family, have a better job, make more money, have a better house. You know, it just depends on where you're at, what you consider better. All right? All right. Jesus promises all those things to people who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So what is, let's just have a little review here. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is the dominion of God that appears when the will of God is done through one of his sons. You cannot have the kingdom without someone doing the will of God. That's what Jesus said. Pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done. There is no kingdom without the will being done. The shortest step or the shortest uh, length between you and uh, walking in the fullness of Jesus Christ is to take responsibility to do the will of God. When you take responsibility to do His will, then you will see the dominion of God's kingdom begin to overtake all things in you and around you. So the kingdom is God's dominion carried by His sons, who do his will. How is the kingdom established in the earth? I really already answered that. His kingdom is established when we take responsibility to do his pleasure, to do his will, to obey his commands. So there you go. There's a little intro for you. There's the kingdom. What is the kingdom? How is the kingdom established? But I want you to know that even though today we're teaching, teaching is not how I got where I'm at. If you want to step into, and we have talked about all these scriptures, I'll mention it again, Ephesians 4.11, the purpose of the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist is to raise up mature sons 
who, who operate in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is why Jesus said the same works I do, that would be the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and you will do even greater. All right? Jesus came so that we could uh, walk like him. He came as our Messiah, yes, as the once and for all sacrifice for all sin, but he came as our example. What does a son of God look like? What does a son of God sound like? What does a son of God do? What is his purpose? How does he please the Father? All of that is represented by Jesus. Okay? So, I want to talk a little bit today about uh, becoming a mature son. Uh, a lot of people, uh, the, the gospel, this gospel is out there, the, a false gospel, kind of a, a watered-down gospel that is all about people getting saved. All right, they get born again and then nothing else, right? They get saved and hopefully their life gets better. Hopefully they're not sick, you know, hopefully, you know, things go well for them. Uh, but that's not that's not the gospel. The gospel is that you are born again into this kingdom uh, to mature quickly into a full-grown son that you would be able to disciple other sons and destroy the devil's kingdom and take over the planet, or as we read from Daniel 2.44, consume all nations. This kingdom is destined to break to, to pieces and to consume all nations, Daniel 2.44 says. This is not about, li listen, when you get born again, you are able to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and we should be. We should be laying hands on dead people. We should be uh, if, uh, uh, driving out sickness and disease. We should be driving out demons. We should be proclaiming the kingdom is at hand. You know, in America, they don't proclaim the kingdom is at hand. They say, if you would die tonight, would you go to heaven? <laughs> okay, that's not in the word of God. It is true that if you are in the Lord and your body dies, you will be present with the Lord. That's true. But the purpose is not that you could go to heaven the purpose is that the righteousness of God would be established in the earth through sons. Righteous, we need righteousness because the earth is ruled by unrighteousness. What does unrighteousness look like? It looks like sick people. It looks like dying people. It looks like demonized people. It looks like nations being influenced by principalities and powers and going to war against each other. It looks like cities who are uh, are uh, full of crime and full of murder and full of drugs and full of rape and full of you know broken families and single families and kids that are getting kidnapped and sexual uh, sex trafficking and child trafficking and human trafficking and drug trafficking. All of these things are because of the influence of the kingdom of darkness. None of those things exist in heaven. And if we do our job uh, right we can eradicate all of those things. And it is our job to eradicate them. All right? That's why I say teaching's not your answer today. You must desire to eradicate the kingdom of darkness from the planet. It says in a couple places in the New Testament, Hebrews especially, that uh, Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father in glory waiting until his enemies are made his footstool, all right? 
Jesus Christ is still on the earth. He still has a body. And you're looking at it. And I'm looking at it. We are the body of Christ. And our job is still the same as his. Which is to proclaim the kingdom is at hand. And uh, put on display the power of its dominion in everyone's life. Until we completely subdue all the works of the devil. All right? So, 1 Corinthians 4.15, we're talking about growing into a mature son. Uh, jump into it real quick here. See how many verses I can get. 1 Corinthians 4.15, 16, and 17 is where we're going. For if you were to have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. In Christ Jesus, I have become a father to you through the gospel. So I implore you, Paul said, be followers of me. Okay? Paul is telling these guys, listen, you've got a lot of teachers. This is where I started with this whole thing. <laughs> you got a lot of teachers. you got a lot of teaching. But there's not many fathers in your life. There's not many people representing a full-grown son that uh, you can follow as you grow into full-grown sonship. All right? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ in the earth. By the way, maturity in the kingdom is not a time thing, right? It, it, you can't say, well, it takes, you know, one year, two years, 15 years, 20 years to grow up in the Lord. Maturity in Christ is a surrender and obedience thing, not a time thing. You can have someone just born again. Let me show you a picture of this guy here. Um... This guy, uh, let me see if we can see this. Ooh, it's pretty. There you go. So that guy right there. Here, let me turn my screen down. This guy right here, a year ago, was a alcoholic. All right. Now, next to him is standing uh, the guy in the middle. Uh, next to him, his name is Bill. We go door to door to heal the sick and cast out devils. And this guy in the middle, Bill, had Parkinson's disease, had high blood pressure, had diabetes, and was deaf in one ear. Okay? Now, this guy on the right, right here, his name is James. A year ago... He was an alcoholic, and I made him a disciple. I trained him. I showed him the ways. I showed him how to walk in power, and I showed him how to walk in fearlessness and courage. And now, uh, about a year later, he's doing the same works that I do. All right? This man in the center, Parkinson's, uh, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, and a deaf ear healed instantly. Okay? From, from alcoholic to a person who can drive out Parkinson's disease, that guy couldn't even walk with, he had to have a walker. <laughs> he, could, he only walked with a walker. And now, we went by his house uh, a couple days ago, and he, was, uh, he said, I have been jogging in my neighborhood. He went out and started jogging. <laughs> Sickness and disease was completely driven out of his body. By the dominion of the kingdom, through the name and the spirit of power of Jesus Christ. All right. 
So this is what I'm talking about. Mature sons. He became, <clears throat> look, it was only a couple of weeks before he started getting results. Now he gets the same results as me. It doesn't matter if I go and pray or he goes and prays. It's going to be the same result because he's stepped in, into maturity very quickly. All right. So you do not have any fathers. Paul is saying, I implore you to follow me. So I let's I implore you, let's follow Paul here, okay? In Christ Jesus, I have become a father to you through the gospel. So I implore you, be followers of me. Therefore, I have sent Timothy to you. He is my beloved son and is faithful in the Lord. And this is the line I want us to all recognize here. He will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, as I teach everywhere in the church. Paul is sending Timothy, and he is telling them, listen, Timothy is coming, and Timothy is going to remind you of my ways. And these ways uh, are what is missing in the modern church. We have many people who uh, have you know, lead church services who have, uh, Bible, you know, lots of Bibles. They have big congregations. They can, they memorize scripture. They wear the right clothes. They use the right words, but they don't know the ways of Christ. And they definitely don't know the ways of Paul. But listen, you can only be fathered into maturity through someone who understands the way. And what Paul is saying here is, I'm sending you Timothy. He's going to remind you of my ways, which will bring you into maturity. All right? So, and Paul goes on to say, as I teach everywhere in every church. And so these ways are not hidden ways to us because we have them recorded in the New Testament. If you're frustrated or have been sitting in church wondering how to get to where you need to go, listen, it's recorded, but you have to become someone whose desire is so great that you're going to leave everything to take a hold of these ways. Colossians 1.24 Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and I fill up in my flesh that which is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for, his, for the sake of his body, which is the church. What is Paul talking about? Here's more ways... Uh, we're not gonna. We don't have time to go through this uh, whole thing today. But listen, there. One of Paul's ways is by through obedience and through this tenacity to evict the devil from cities, from regions, to make disciples, to establish the kingdom. He comes in this great suffering. There is a suffering that is lacking in the body of Christ, and that lack of suffering is directly tied to disobedience. It's directly tied to irresponsibility, and it's directly tied to immaturity. But if you begin to get the desire that causes you to take responsibility, you yourself take responsibility for the kingdom, then you will participate in a suffering that fills up what is lacking. What is lacking is the process of maturing into a full-grown son. What is lacking is the process of suffering 
that we go through when we submit ourselves to the kingdom of God and walk as he walked and speak as he spoke and conduct ourselves as he conducted himself. Listen, all of hell is bent against you from performing the words and works of the kingdom. Because if you start to mature into a full-grown son, you will naturally operate in the destruction of his kingdom. This is the purpose of a son. We're not just having services, having fellowship, having communion, spending time together, and things like this. You are a soldier. And a soldier that does not participate in warfare is absent, is out of order. And we have so many Christians out of order because they refuse to take responsibility in this uh, conflict that we're in in the earth. The devil has entrenched himself in your city and he attends your church. And he knows your ways, and he knows how to get you to uh, continue to just kind of wait and see what happens instead of taking action. The devil is freaked out when you take action. The devil is freaked out, and it fears you when you begin to take responsibility for advancing the kingdom of heaven on the earth. All right. He says, I've been made a servant of it according to the commission of God. I'm going to jump down a couple verses. He says, um, uh, to them God would make known what is the glorious riches of this mystery among the nations. This mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, okay, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom. All right. Here's another way of Paul. We're going to follow Paul. I implore you to follow me, Paul said. Here's another way. We're not preaching about, you know, dying and go to heaven. We're not preaching on three keys to uh, better finances or five steps to parenting your children. We are teaching Christ in you. This is the mystery of the ages. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is how the kingdom works. This is Christ in you. The reality is that most Christians have an Old Testament mindset, right? They have an Old Testament mindset. They're praying and communing with a God that's way out there on the throne somewhere. God, come to earth and help us. God, would you please come down and help us and do this and do that? But God put his spirit in us who are born again so that we could act and walk and talk like him in his stead in the earth. That is what it means to have Christ in you. That means you operate in his authority. That means you operate in his power. That means you operate just as he would operate right here in the earth. Then he says, so that we may present them perfect in Christ Jesus in this I labor, striving according to his power, which effectively works in me. I'd like to ask you how many of you are laboring and striving with all power to perfect people 
in Christ that you may present them perfect. All right? What that what does that word perfect mean? If you look up that word, it's going to be teleos in the Greek. That means mature. That we may present them mature in Christ Jesus. Okay? Why do we need to strive and labor to present people as mature? Because we need mature sons to walk in the earth. We need many mature sons. Immature sons are not, uh, do not get the same results as mature sons. Immature sons get some results. You know, they do a little bit here and there. You know, it's not the same as a mature son. Jesus is the very picture of a mature son. He is our example, and we are growing up into him in all things. That is maturity. That is perfection. That is the goal of the Spirit of God in you to mature you into his image. Why? So that we could uh, carry the kingdom and subdue all the works of the devil. Can you imagine what Goa, India would be like if you had 5,000 Jesus Christ in Goa? All working together, all coordinating, all strategizing, all going forth to heal the sick, raise the dead, and proclaim the arrival of the kingdom of God. Goa, it would be on earth, it would be in Goa as in heaven. You would see the tearing down of false gods, you would see the destruction of the works of the devil, and you would see a great divide between people who claim to follow Jesus and people who actually are following Jesus. And this is the goal for the entire planet, that the planet be filled with mature sons or sons that look just like Jesus, doing the same works that he did and greater. But it's not going to happen. Listen to me. Listen to these words. These are words of wisdom. It is not going to happen until you take personal responsibility. If you do not take personal responsibility to destroy the works of the devil, you will not mature. You will not grow up. You will not take your place in the kingdom. You'll always be waiting around, waiting for God. God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? When are you going to start my ministry? When are you going to give me some sign that you uh, want me to go here and do that? Listen, he, he's not going to give you a sign because he wrote you a letter. <clears throat> God wrote you a letter, and in this letter, he tells us exactly what he wants us to do. Matthew 10, 8, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received... So freely release the kingdom. So let's just wrap this up with a couple, a couple points here. There's some rules to this kingdom. This, is, this kingdom is super simple. This uh, gospel is extremely simple. This doctrine is extremely simple. I, I could teach you everything you need to know in one week or less. Okay? I could, I could just go through and teach everything in about a week. And there'd be nothing left to teach you in order for you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Number one, you got to get born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. 
When you are born again, this is not about you going to heaven. This is about you walking in dominion. This is about you walking in authority. This is about you having communion with the Father. This is about you becoming the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is about you becoming just like Him. Number two, you're dead. Got a lot of Christians who are being born again because they want to go to heaven, but they have no intention of doing, of obeying God, of obeying the Word of God. They are not sons. All right? All right, I'm back. I don't know what I don't know what happened. Hallelujah. Okay, let's try to get through this. All right, number. I was reading Romans twelve one and two. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, which is worship to God. Uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Listen, we, we don't have many people who can prove what the will of God is. Everybody's, this is why people split churches, because they're, they, they don't agree on the will of God. Listen, it is the will of God to heal the sick. It is the will of God to raise the dead. And it is the will of God to drive out demons and to do it on purpose. Listen, you got to become on purpose. When, when you are born again, you, you, your options are zero. Your, ne- your option, your only option is to do the works of Jesus Christ and to do it on purpose. All right, number three, adjust yourself to consume hell's efforts. Listen, everybody thinks they're right, except nobody's destroying the works of the devil uh, on a nation- national scale. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody's got their own opinions. Their own beliefs, their own traditions. Well, I think this and this. And they like to have coffee and tea and talk about who's right. And then they split churches over it. You take personal responsibility to adjust yourself until you begin to consume hell's efforts. Until you begin to be the one that stops hell in your city. Who else is going to do it? You're going to do it. You take responsibility, adjust yourself, and stop hell in its tracks on purpose. Number four, make disciples that take over cities with the gospel. you got to take personal responsibility to begin to train people who do the same works as Jesus Christ. Train people in the ways Train people in the ways that Paul taught. Train people in the ways that bring the adjustment necessary that you could thwart the kingdom of hell in your city. Drive it out. I charge you, drive it out. I charge you in Goa, India, drive out the kingdom of darkness. I charge you in the name of Jesus, drive him out. Drive out sickness and disease. Drive out uh, the spirits that bring infirmity and death. Drive out false doctrine. 
drive out immaturity and bring people, say to people, follow me. Become someone who can say to them, I implore you, follow me in this gospel while we bring the kingdom of heaven to bear in our city, to bear in our country, to bear in the earth until all the works of the devil are destroyed, subdued, and righteousness that begins to take over. We need to replace the influence. This is the purpose of the church, to replace the influence of the spirit of Satan with the spirit of God. We have many nations heavily influenced by the spirit of the devil, heavily influenced by spirits of darkness, they influence leaders, and leaders go to war. They influence people, and people murder, and rape, and pillage. But the Spirit of God's influence, where is it? It is with those who take responsibility for this kingdom. To walk in its power, to walk in its words, to walk in its righteousness. This is the missing piece for you and your own maturity. This is the piece that you need in your life in order to go from where you at, where you're at to where you need to be, which is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right, Fidel, back to you. Amen, brother, to all whatever uh, was spoken right now. Yes, that's yes and amen. Hallelujah. So I think uh, Brother Custodio has just left. <laughs> is anybody uh, close to him? him? Any, anybody who needs uh, now uh, uh, prayer or wants to ask questions, uh, we have five minutes now before we end this uh, faith series. And we thank uh, Brother Clint for the insights which he has given us. And uh, that what is it begins with the desire and not with teaching, that is very true, because uh, teaching has always been there, but the desire of each one here, the each one who has purposed uh, to, to, uh, to follow uh, Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus Christ, and do exactly what he wants to do, that is his will, the will of the Father, revealed to his son. Yep. Yes, now it's time for...